Santa, cool sleigh, offspring, come out and play. A gift for me in your Christmas stash. It's a podcast. Hey everybody, it is me, Britton Cameron, back in the place to be, which is in between your ears. What's up, everybody? <laughs> wow. It's Teenage Dirtbags. With me as always, my host with the most ghosts. It's Gary Butterfield. Hi, Gary. Welcome to a spooky episode of start, Teenage Dirtbags. Start calling me Gary Armageddon now. Wow! Because in between episodes, we started learning. I learned a lot about the Sisters of Mercy, <laughs> and I'm going to get a cool name now too. Yeah, G- Gary Armageddon. Yeah, Gary Armageddon. Gary Armageddon. Uh, it's time for Gary Geddon. I love it, and I'll be uh, Brayton. Uh, chasm. <laughs> Brayton the chasm. Oh, in, in like a battle in Gary Geddon, like in the battle of the brackets of Garys. Mm-hmm. Uh, how far do you think I'd get? No, uh, are you going against other Garys? Is that what's happening? Yeah, all oh. the Garys. Wow, it's tough because like if you went against a Gary Shandling, I think you've got a really mm. good chance. But a Gary oh. Busey might be a dangerous a wild card. Yeah. Oh, and you have me. You have me fighting. I was just thinking in terms of quality, and I was just thinking, oh. like, well, at least I beat Gary Glitter. Yeah. Like, during yeah. that whole time. Uh, well, I think even even in... in I, I don't know. I guess it would depend on how we define quality, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> height. Yes. Uh, height? I think you're I'm up there. Vote. I think there's yeah, a I think lot, of, for height. lot of... You're above average. I think there's going to be a lot of below-average Garys out there. <laughs> oh, man, there's so many low Garys. That's <laughs> what we call short people named Gary in yeah. my industry. <laughs> the, the low, low Garys. <laughs> I got Garys who are low Garys. <laughs> 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 I look down at them because I'm a tall Gary and That's... I eat my fruit love. Yeah. It's a kind of paste. <laughs> you shove it in your face. <laughs> well, uh, uh, how you doing, bud? Great. God, I wish we were doing a Garth Brooks song. We should do like Thunder uh, Rolls. We should do a Chris Gaines song, my friend. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we should do a, a thunder rolls then halfway through it just goes bam and slaps on a soul Boom, that chris Gaines bad pseudo rap song my my uh my mom i've mentioned before that i think that my mom was a like the biggest garth brooks fan yeah yeah uh, a big running joke for her uh is was that he was my father mm-hmm. you know it's just like mm-hmm. this like you know this joke and it still makes me like i'll go i'll be like walking through a target and like a new garth brooks like CD set will come out mm-hmm. and I'll get very sad because I'll have a moment of thinking, like, Oh, I'll grab that for my mom. And then like, yeah, and got no mom no more. Yeah. But, uh, at the time it was, uh, very funny to n- watch her navigate her feelings for Chris Gaines and what was going on. Cause she didn't like it. Like yeah. she wasn't just like, you know, she wasn't like into Chris Gaines. So she'd be like talking about how good those songs were, and how she loved them. And then I'd be like, well, you know, what do you think about Chris Gaines and stuff? She's like, well, he's cute. <laughs> it's like, well, it's the same guy. <laughs> like, it doesn't say very much. It's it was tough uh, I mean, because he had. I think Garth Brooks has a very uh, like baby face. Um, sure, yeah. And then to go like try to go edgy with that, I just you know it was a uh, it was a weird move. It was a weird. It was a weird career choice. A weird musical choice. Uh, <laughs> you know, he got he got too big. How how many how. What kind of life do you have to have where no one around you will tell you that's a bad idea? Well, let me uh, ask you if you remember someone by the name of Sasha Fierce. 
<laughs> same same question. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, you didn't stop me a second ago when I started going by Gary Armageddon. The, uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm into it though. Yeah, that's true. What's well, a better choice than Chris Gaines? You yeah, know? yeah. Um, we are doing some more uh, Duck Stream. Yeah. We're doing uh, what I'm calling the Julia special. Yeah. Uh, Julia, who is a, a stalwart, one of my favorite people on the Slack, um, gave us two requests and said to choose, and we said no. We're going to do them both. <laughs> we can't choose between these two amazing videos. Yeah. So you're getting uh, both of them. Yeah, uh, you are getting both of them. So today we are covering two videos. We're doing uh, M. Loaf and Share. Uh, doing the song Dead Ringer for Love. I like the idea that he, like, meat is his first name and he's shortened it. <laughs> it's like M. Bison. Yeah, he's like M. Bison. He's M. Loaf. <laughs> yep. M. Loaf and C. Hair. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Foreigner, I Want to Know What Love Is. Yeah. Uh, neither video I'd seen before. Mm-hmm. And uh, both pretty uh, terrible and unique ways. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, I wasn't even familiar with Dead Ringer for Love as a song. Oh, me uh, either. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. uh, is fine. I mean, like, I'm not... I Here's what I know about Meatloaf. Uh, he's apparently a terrible c- conservative monster now. Uh, okay. also, also, he once released an album called Hang Cool Teddy Bear. <laughs> Good advice. Uh, uh, in any situation. Yeah. I know the, some um, other things about Meatloaf. I just don't want to talk about them. The <laughs> Meatloaf secrets. Um, the two, my big two Meatloaf factoids mm-hmm. uh, are one, uh, and I've told this story a million times, but this guy who, uh, me and Austin and all my, my friends when I was in my early 20s, this band that we were into, mm-hmm. um, and uh, the guy who was the keyboard in this band uh, became a professional musician and became the touring keyboardist for Meatloaf. And I asked him about it on AOL Instant Messenger, and he just said, yeah, he's really bad at Tekken. So apparently they just spent this whole time in the back of the uh, tour bus playing Tekken on PlayStation 1, uh, which is a very charming image to me. Uh, I was second, expecting you to to tell a story about local uh, DeKalb uh, popular uh, band Airloaf. Oh, <laughs> I don't know Airloaf. Airloaf was a, an entire air meatloaf band. Uh, oh, so all air guitar? All air guitar and air keyboard and air singing. And uh, it was actually pretty good. I like that. <laughs> like how, like the, like the, the uh, SAT comparisons things of like, air is to guitars <laughs> or is to meat as guitars are to nothing. <laughs> like, just, uh, um, the other thing is uh, your friend of mine, Willa Hughes, decided to come out as a huge meatloaf fan at my birthday karaoke and now every time i go to karaoke with them it's like a nine minute meatloaf song wow um yep so it's pretty funny uh and it's not it's not horrible i you know i don't i guess i don't hate meatloaf it's it's a thing he's uh i don't i don't know i can't speak to his entire career but i don't think that man likes short songs no, no, no. Well, the reason why, and and I had this. I'm sure I talked about this when we did. I'll do anything for love. Is they're all songs from musicals that don't exist. Yeah, it's like so musical theatery because there's like a guy named Steinman yeah. who actually like wrote all these songs, and he was like a musical theater dude. Yeah, well, that makes like sense because Meat Love got his start uh, in the musical Hair. Yeah, and got his finish in musical theater because it's basically all he does. Yeah, like all these songs just sound like you know. All of these like big soaring choruses about dying for rock and roll and stuff. Rock and roll and brew. Rock and roll and brew. <laughs> brew. Like rock and roll and brew. Yeah. Um, they don't mean a thing when I compare them next to you. Yeah. Um, Gary, let's get to the video. Let's please get to the video. And let's uh, also uh, 
talk about the beginning of this, which is one of my favorite oh. things that's happened in yeah. any video. Before the song even starts, the video is amazing from like second three um like there's a group of of women at a bar it looks like a dingy dingy uh, bar and uh in comes the like meatloaf (laughs) baseball team (laughs) like in comes 30 men 30 white guys with t-shirts that say baseball shirts say meatloaf on the front including meatloaf who has a baseball shirt with the word meatloaf on the front yeah he is wearing sunglasses and uh is staring at Cher as if he has never seen a woman before in his life (laughs) and and this is i mentioned this in the last episode but in my notes i have admire meatloaf's dedication to never looking telegenic Um, (laughs) because he's just like as a as a man who's just decided never to ever look good yeah you know like that hair is just like not super flattering on you no you know, I don't know, like maybe some like a mustache or beard might look good on you. Um, yeah. So, you know, and just different clothes, like because, you know, he, he notices Cher and then we find out. So Cher is leading the contingent of barflies. Yeah. Lady barflies, like cool L.A., big hair, mm-hmm. barflies. Wear, wearing leather jackets and what seems very much like July. Yeah, yeah. It's a sweaty video. Mm-hmm. Uh, he like puts his glasses down, not because he sees, you know, Cher, like, oh, she's Cher. It's like, whoa, you know, and then she goes in and puts some money in the jukebox mm-hmm. and puts on a song that they wrote together <laughs> <laughs> about how they just met. <laughs> yep. And then little karaoke letters. Yeah. Fly in from off the screen to say the name of the song. Dead ringer for love. Dead ringer for love. And then meatloaf and about half of his crew of problematic bachelors. Yeah. Quick change into the meatloaf outfit. I, that is, is I watched this so many times uh, <laughs> to see like how they did it, like quote unquote did it. And I think it just had to have been like some very perfect cuts or something or someone ripping off the shirt from behind. But he flips his hair down and flips it back up at about 56 seconds um, to reveal like his baseball shirt is gone and now he's in his very classic meatloaf ruffled shirt vest attire. It's a magic trick. It is like it is a legit magic trick. <laughs> like, and it makes sense because he dresses like a stage magician. Yes. Um, you know, and it, it's a cut. Like you can see, I've I've like slowed it down and just scrubbed through it. Yeah. And some stuff shifts in the background, so it's a cut, but it's a really good cut. Yeah. Uh, and he immediately starts singing full bore at chair the song while every once in a while everyone just throws their hair back yeah like include like whenever he does it a couple of his coterie of problematic baseball players does it as well yeah uh and it's just incredible like and he's so fucking accusatory like while having these lyrics i mean part of it is that for the 30 seconds of the first verse of this song he does not blink like he just stares (laughs) without blinking with his like slightly bulging eyes staring at Cher about how I don't know he doesn't know where she comes from or where does she go where she goes or where does she come from yeah. <laughs> nobody you know? knows um but yeah about how he you know basically he wants to bone down he wants to bone down because the, the first verse of this like every night he grabs some money he goes down to the bar him and his buddies get a they get a beer and a dream. Yeah, and he, he needs a car. It, it's a Friday, and he's got a pocket full of quarters. He's headed to the arcade. <laughs> the arcade. Can you imagine, like, if this was your Friday night ritual? Is you and like sixty of your identically dressed friends? <laughs> How awful would it be to work at this bar? There is like I. I, I think there is a guy who comes in with a baseball glove. Like, he's, like, the first guy. <laughs> okay. So I do think that this is, like, supposed to be their, like, intramural after, after school. Uh, yeah. 
activity. Well, it also in the two factions, like you have the meatloaf faction and the sheriff faction, and the bartender is neutral, yeah. as far as we can tell. Yeah, he seems to you just know, be so. like hanging out. Uh, he's like, oh, I like it when they show up because they drink. <laughs> yeah, they drink and they, and they, they tip decently. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's so accusatory, so angry as he's singing at her. You know, it's really strange. Mm-hmm. Um, and when Cher looks at this and Cher is just like, oh, yeah, you know, and kind of looks to her friends. Her friends are like, get him, Cher. Uh, and then she walks up to him and proceeds to do a fucking perfect meatloaf impersonation. Yes. <laughs> I get him. It is so good. Like, it, it's so weird that I never thought of these two together when they are absolutely perfect for one another. Like, they're both, like, over-the-top, like, like bombastic singers. Yeah. Um, and, and very dramatic. And uh, it's so good. Even Even though, like, according to just, like, what cursory research I can do... They've never performed this song together. Yeah. Um, they don't, it doesn't seem like they're that into each other. Yeah. You know? Well, you know, um, it might be another situation of two vampires, you know? It's just too, too much drama. <laughs> in each other's territory. Yeah. He, he's, like the, he's like the scion of, like, Macon County. Mm-hmm. And she's the scion of L.A. Yeah. And yeah. they, they uh, you know, never shall meet. Yeah, exactly. She, she, she helped write the song, but she doesn't get credit for it. Well, that's, okay, so the, the, we had a problem right there. Yeah, fuck you, Jim Steinman. You know, I don't know. Uh, so most of the video, one of the reasons why I wanted to do two things, even though this video is legitimately incredible and there are a lot of things to zoom in on. Yeah. It's most of them yelling the song at each other really angrily. And, and yeah. And specifically the chorus, rock and roll and brew, rock and roll and, and brew, roll and brew, which is like, <laughs> like it, it is that sort of like alienness of musical theater where it's like i'm singing about a thing that you know about right and like you identify with this right i'm a human um yeah yeah where like anytime anyone it's kind of like when someone uh comes up and says like hey nice ink to me in in reference to my tattoos i'm like you don't know anything about tattoos do you you're an alien you're either a an alien or b trying to fit in and it's like yeah because uh, no one I know ever says that about tattoos that has them or works with them or anything. So, um, totally, it is like a like hello fellow teens sort of moment. It, absolutely, and a weird thing too. Like part of what makes them so confrontational looking because Cher Cher can look like a person mm-hmm. during this. Milo, uh, you know how they say like people who are trained in theater, like they always talk really loud because they're talking for the seats in the back. Yeah. Meatloaf does that with how open his eyes are. <laughs> uh, at any given point, it's like the people in the background need to see exactly how they need to see my eyes. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, he's got like a case of cotton eye Joe going on. He's absolutely, he's got a, absolutely got a, a cotton eye Joe. And that reminds me of uh, one of our most famous segments, cotton eye jokes. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, Brayton. Yeah. Knock, knock. Who is there? I don't know. He was gone. Where did he, where did he come from? I can't do this. I, I'm really sleepy and I just ate a bunch of puree. Give me a break, everyone. Okay. Fair enough. Thank you very much. That was Cotton Eye Jokes. Yeah. There's, there's a reason why that segment hasn't shown up in about two decades. I, the, uh, yeah. and, and the secret is, uh, one of the secrets is uh, cowboy jokes. Uh, sometimes I wrote those in advance. Yeah. So I don't feel proud of it because none of them are really super good jokes, but. Uh, some of them are written in advance. Uh, there's a really weird thing about this bar yeah. that happens um, during one part where uh, they keep showing behind the bar where they just have a full painting of a nude woman. Yes. Uh, and then 
Oh, go ahead. Right at the same time they show that, Cher gets up on the bar and flashes her crotch at one of, uh, like, the shortstop for the meat, the Kansas City Meatloafs. Yeah. Uh, before we get to that, I want to talk about the, like, kind of call and answer bridge that takes place mm. uh, where, where Meatloaf is hitting on her in, like, the weirdest, dumbest way, which is, he's like, you got the kind of eyes that do more than see. Uh, <laughs> and then and then Cher teleports around the bar in, a, yeah. in like, a very uh, Bob Dylan-esque way uh, to respond with, like, some sort of witty uh, comeback. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the, the comebacks are pretty brutal to these nonsensical compliments. Yeah. Like, you got the kind of legs that do more than walk, uh, which, you know, that doesn't make, like, a whole... like I, You mean, I like, like, a, like, they stand like, and... Yeah. Like, legs? Yeah. Yeah, like, legs do. And then Cher's like, I don't need to listen to your whimpering talk. Yeah. Which, like, okay, pretty a point Cher. Uh, you got the kind of eyes that do more than see. You got a lot of nerve to come on to me. Yeah. yeah. Like, she was in the bar, and you're just uh-huh. this sweaty fucking baseball meatball, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the uh you got uh you got the kind of lips that do more than drink mm-hmm. again like lips yeah uh you got the kind of mind that does less than think yeah uh yeah. which that's basically what minds do i mean i guess they you know so i don't know like i'm gonna give the call that last one a draw but it's like two point share yeah, yeah. uh and then that, that basically just ends the the video ends with the two of them finally getting together. Cher giving some sort of weird line about how like her daddy wouldn't pay attention to her, so that's why she's at uh, the bar, uh, like trying to pick up men. Steinman. And yeah. uh, and oh yes, during the scene where she's on the bar flashing her crotch to everyone, the two guys uh, in their like meat <laughs> meatloaf junior outfits are um, like using her legs as stripper poles to dance. <laughs> It's really weird. It's really weird. And there's a part, too, where they are really close to each other, like, sweatily singing into each other's mouths. Yeah. You know, and, like, I don't, you know, I'm a, I'm a, a big dude. I think that big dudes can be sexy and not, like, kind of sweaty, right? Like, I'm not trying to fat shame Meatloaf. Yeah. I just think that he has, like, a weird greasy energy to him mm-hmm. that makes this feel uncomfortable to me. Yeah. Uh, so after they've sang into each other's mouths aggressively... Um, they both decide to leave, presumably in the notes I have, presumably to go get married. Yeah. And then everybody <laughs> well, in the bar. They're dead ringers for love, not for boning. Yeah, no, no, it's love. Like till till death do we part. Yeah. You know? Till uh and then every one of the the, the, the Kansas City Meatloafs and uh Cher's crew all pair up with each other. Yeah. And, and I, start doing a very big choreographed dance. Yeah, apart from the, the there's a lot more meatloafs, uh KC meatloafs, uh, mm-hmm. that are just singing rock and roll and brew at the camera uh, then there's yeah. there's a great at four minutes and 25 seconds meatloaf is leaving the bar with share and he reaches his hand up to wave goodbye and the bartender goes for a high five and they like miss each other <laughs> it's really <laughs> awkward really good they kept the take <laughs> the uh well yeah uh, don't add the phil yeah uh it, it was really great uh and then i i think the last thing that I personally want to talk about is at the very last, like two seconds of the video, there's a fade, a crossfade, uh, where shares like smiling profile and eye like fades in a little bit. seems like a little bit faster than the other one. And it's terrifying. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> she's just like, <laughs> I might skip before like, then. like, she's like, I'm expecting her to eat meatloaf in the second that happens after that. <laughs> It's, uh, it's time for a meatloaf sandwich. Yeah, it definitely. That's what he wants. Uh, but 
No. Uh, rock and roll and brew is one of the worst lyrics. It makes me, I hate it. It makes me think of like uh, there's a Jordan Morris bit from a long time ago where he was talking about the song After Midnight by Eric Clapton where he's like the the lyric chug-a-lug and shout has to have been a fill-in lyric that they just never found something <laughs> better <to> for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, um, yeah, need something, Steinman needs something that rhymes with you yeah. desperately. Brew. Yes, I enjoy drinking and the rocks and rolls. I also think, uh, uh, like, I don't know, there's that type of rock and roll like this, like a, uh, um, Bob so, Seger. like that, like Bob Seger, where uh, it, you have to, like, reference rock and roll in mm-hmm. like in a rock and roll song like no yeah. other genre of music really does that uh, that i'm aware of like man do i wish rap songs like, did it like hip-hop is just like <laughs> it's only just... when people are making fun of hip-hop do they go like rap well, rap rap, rap, rap. rap. Um, <laughs> well also like very early hip-hop would do it and then hip-hop grew out of it yeah and matured as an art form but then you end up with people like meatloaf or bob Seger or whatever just like stuck in this weird like rock and roll about rock and roll yeah. meta music mm-hmm you know, that's a, uh, it's just, it's really, really throwbacky. It's yeah. And, and the kind of like, I'm selling yourself to yourself. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't care for it either. Like songs about the power of rock and roll are very annoying to me. Like, yeah. you know, imagining like you, it's almost like an itch.io or like a Ludum Dere game where you're stuck in an elevator w- while meatloaf explains what rock and roll means to him. <laughs> and what it should mean to you. God, what a fucking nightmare. Like, ah, uh, yeah. Um, I also kept thinking about what wonder what their respective breaths smell like when they were singing into each other's mouths. Oh yeah, because like the, the obvious answer is that like Cher's breath would smell good, but I would be afraid it would smell like cigarettes. Well, she she appears to be chewing gum through most of the video. I guess that's true. So it could Hopefully either be like minty, or it could be like a really weird like bubblicious flavor because it was that time. <laughs> Yeah, like just uh, Cher's writer has like you know fruit by the yard. <laughs> <laughs> just I only want grape bubble tape. That's yeah. it. Just I want a crate of grape bubble tape. It's for you, not them. No. It is for you, not them. Uh, we have one more video to talk about today. We do. We do. Uh, uh, foreigners, I want to know what love is. I want you to show me. I'd like you to show me. Um. This, uh, I'd never seen this video before. Neither had I. And uh, I, I just want to, I don't know if you've been following the burgeoning musical career of Jeremy Renner. Okay. <laughs> uh, Marvel's Hawkeye. Sure, uh, this guy, man, he does look like... Yeah, uh, the first like cut where he's kind of looking down, uh, he yeah. looks like Jeremy Renner in like a terrible wig. Jerry, Jeremy Renner in like a, a homemade uh, Greatest American Hero costume. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like J- Jerry Curl Runner. Yeah. Um, is how I describe this guy, <laughs> Jeremy Curl. Um, yeah, he's he's got a weird look. He's also got real strange, like, super piercing eyes. Yeah. Like, really, like, bright eyes and dark pupils mm-hmm. in a way that looks like he's wearing werewolf contacts, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's really strange. Um so this this video uh, in in the beginning I always forget that this song like I don't I don't love this song or anything no because uh, I don't like the chorus but I always forget that I kind of like the beginning of it like I think that like I I, I like the organ tone a lot sure like yeah the, the kind of and I when I hear it I'm like oh yeah like this is this is gonna turn into something cool that I like and yeah. then it turns into I want to know what love is 
don't care for that much. Yeah. The beginning of it sounds kind of good, I think. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I think the chorus is probably the worst part in this, but it's definitely the catchiest. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I don't know. How would, how would you sum up this video? Let's sum it up and then we'll talk about it in pieces. Okay. The, uh, the, the foreigner, uh, recruits the African American community to lend gravitas to their hit single. I want to know what love is, <laughs> is how I would describe the video. I, I would completely agree. If I, if I were to stretch it out a little bit more, I would say that it's a two part video. One where a foreigner, uh, recruits, uh, blue collar African Americans to sing their song. Uh, and then the other, uh, where it's just pictures of people being tired. <laughs> There are, I think that's implied to be his girlfriend, mm-hmm. and he's getting her back through this song, right? Because at the end she shows up. They have a phone fight. Yeah, they have a phone fight. But before and she's that, she's in a weird. Yeah. She's in like a rich person's eighties shower where it doesn't look like a shower. Yeah, and like a rich yeah. person's eighties like monolithic uh, apartment. Uh huh. Um, but there's also shots of the producer like rubbing his eyes and then like people going to work and just being tired and the really sleepy giant sweatered bass player. I, I was losing my mind the way that the guy who's doing the mixing on the mixing board is treated with the same gravitas as everything else in this video. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm just like really slowly dramatically pushing up the things and then like looking really sad and shaking his head. Yeah. Like when the main guy from Foreigner breaks has a fight with his girlfriend, the entire city feels it. Yeah. Like it is sad for everyone. Like it switches to a bunch of anonymous New Yorkers or whatever city this is in, they're all incredibly sad. Yeah. Um, nobody is happy about the foreigner guy getting into a fight with his yeah. girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, guarantee is for, foreigners an American band, right? Um, I don't, you know, it'd be a nice little irony. Yeah. If, uh, if they had it. Um, I don't know though. Let me, uh, let me find out real quick. Let's, let's ask Wikipedia. Oh, they're, they're, they're British American. They're, they're oh, British. okay. Cause I was going to say these guys do kind of look British, but I thought they were American. Uh, just, it's, uh, it, yeah, it's the, uh, English musician, uh, Mick Jones used to be in Spooky Tooth. Yes. And then uh, a guy, an American vocalist, Lou Graham. So the, the lead singer is American, yeah. but the uh, main musician, uh, musicians are British. Yeah. Spooky Tooth. That's good. Spooky Tooth is here to uh, solve the racial divide of New York City. <laughs> yep. Between British American pop stars. <laughs> Thank you. And Thank you, Spooky Tooth. The African American community. Which, um,. God, there's so much, like, trite garbage bullshit in this. Like, when the whole busload of uh, people shows up at the studio of the singers, and they Mm -hmm. show, like, the scene of everyone hugging and shaking hands because they just met. And Go ahead. Yeah. I lost my mind. So, like, before that, you know, so the lady who works at the the sweatshop or whatever goes through and spreads a bunch of foreigner flyers throughout a a bus full of African-American people. I think it's supposed to be sheet music. Is like the premise. Oh yeah, uh, I thought she was on their street team. Oh, <laughs> for, for a second. And then when they show up, they do like cool, personalized, like urban flavored handshakes. Yeah, there's like a super zoom in of this urban uh, handshake. That's that's like, I, it's so bad. <laughs> I I was I was hoping that they would not sing. Like I was hoping that it was just to like heal the divide. 
Yeah. Very much. Yeah. Like, I was just like, oh, man, is this just a foreigner is just going to like, are they going to give them a bunch of money at the end of the video? Like, what wave, white savior nonsense yeah. is this foreigner video going to engage in? I definitely would have, like, loved if if the song started fading out and, you know, the lead singer pulled out that chair and sat backwards on it mm-hmm. and was like... Yep. If you want to know what love is, reach out to your neighbors in your community. <laughs> There's been a lot of people who don't know what love is and have consequently led to the rise of neo-fascism in this country. No. Um, you know, it was, it's, uh. <laughs> it re- it's very strange. Uh, really, really strange. And them singing this in the studio, uh, or it's not a studio, it's like a concert hall or whatever, yeah. is what summons his beret girlfriend back. Yeah, she just... It, you know, he's in a cab. He takes a cab there. They show the cab shot at one point, mm-hmm. and she runs down the street. So, like, why did he take the cab if you could? It's within running distance. Like, you could have just know. walked. Um, could have walked. I'm really upset about the, like the opulence money. that they they put. Yeah, they put all, <laughs> the members of Foreigner get to ride in cabs. But their girlfriends yeah. have to run, and their backup and the, and the, singers have to take the bus. Take <laughs> Yeah, they can't do a cab for the backup singers, even though they'll do the handshake up front. Oh, sure. You know, but they're not going to actually respect them. But um, and then also there's like this, I don't know, like just kind of preacherness to the foreigner guys singing at everyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it feels deeply inappropriate. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know, man. I know this is very sensitive of us. It's like very 2019 eyes. But there is something about foreigner coming through and schooling these people on soulful music. Yeah. That just feels pretty gross to me. Yeah. Um, I understand that, you you know, a, a chorus can look for work and be hired mm-hmm. to do choral work. Like, I don't have any problem with that. I don't even necessarily have a problem with it in this song. I just think making it the premise of the video and giving yourself quite this much soft focus redemption yeah. uh, is maybe a little tasteless. Yeah. I so. I couldn't agree more. And there's a lot of, like, lead singer looking up into the sky to see his girlfriend uh who has arrived. Um, he's very excited. He sings what I had assumed up until this point uh, to be a high note that one of the choir members makes mm-hmm. towards the end of the video. Nope. And I'm like... Nope, he gets the, he gets the solo. He gets the uh, the highlight. Uh, I, I'm fairly certain he fakes it. Oh, yeah. I, I don't surprised. think that's him actually doing that high note. Guess what is uh, on my up next? Uh, is it Midnight Oil's Beds Are Burning? <laughs> Hell yes, it is. Yes. <laughs> and I think we can make this part of a split EP. Yeah. Uh, I bet you we could just talk about the song. There's a lot of, like, gangly bald people on loan from the Thunderdome collection in that band. Yeah. You know? Uh, and mostly it's just, like, Jesus Jones-style silhouettes, but it is pretty intense. Uh, yeah, I just I just hate the, like... Uh, it's kind of like how I don't like the Wall of Voodoo Mexican radio song, because it has the same oh. sort of, like... <laughs> like, sort of singing Jerky. to it like yeah. it's the it's the whininess of it i think mm-hmm. Ow, wow, wow, wow. God, this yeah guy. yeah like it's what is it no one actually sings like that so don't pretend like it's you no no like i i you know i sing in a band and i can get nasal sure from time to time but i'm never like you know like you, yeah. can, you can only do that if you're fred snyder yeah you know yeah. and and the best b52 songs we all know are like Deadbeat Club, where it's just a good song that Kate Pearson sings, and then every once in a while, Fred Snyder goes, Deadbeat Club! <laughs> and then goes back to his room. It's, it's, <laughs> like, yeah, it's, uh, uh, there's a moon in the sky, uh, it's called The Moon, it's one of my favorites, because he, like, forgets <laughs> the names of planets after Saturn. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then, 
oh god, what is it? Uh, Dances Mess Around is a good one because all he does oh, is yeah. names d- names dances. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. so good. Yeah. And that, that's what you want a Fred Snyder voice for. Yeah. You don't want to give him the lead. Yeah. You know? Uh, and and both those songs, like I like that I like that Wall of Voodoo song, uh, but the video is really annoying because it's not just him singing, but he's like jerking around to it, like jerking his body and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's like very much an aesthetic in the eighties. Yeah. So. Um, I also want to bring up a sidebar that's uh, there since we probably will never get to it. Is One Night in Bangkok also mm. showed up for me by uh, Murray Head or One Night in Thailand? Ah, uh, yes. Uh, Thailand, pretty in a good place. <laughs> pretty good place. <laughs> pretty nice place with the. Uh, I found a McDonald's. McDonald's. I ate at as well. <laughs> so I miss that show. Yeah. Um, we've learned a lot today. We have. Uh, we learned a lot about. Uh, can I would call this episode our biggest conjectural meatloaf episode? <laughs> <laughs> we got course credit in conjectural meatloaf. Yeah. Yeah. Um. We, uh, we learned a lot about uh, the racial divide and how to handle race relations going forward. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, taught to us by a foreigner. Yeah. Uh, ironically. It, yeah, we should know, definitely just, as soon as you see a black person, you need to uh, put them on a bus and give them a fancy handshake. That's what yep, we Hire learn. them. Uh, I imagine they were paid in hugs and handshakes, like from the Amanda Palmer collection. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we also learned a little bit about Midnight Oil. Yeah. <laughs> surprisingly. <laughs> and, and that I don't like that guy. <laughs> he's, he's a he's a weird baldo yeah. uh so you might have think you might think that uh you've learned you've heard everything but you ain't seen nothing yet, seen nothing yet. because every episode of teen dirtbag ends with a poem about something that kind of rhymes with onion brayton yeah do you have something a poem about something that rhymes with onion gary i got another todd rudgarden poem Oh, I did two, you know, to keep it the theme. I did two bunion poems. I did two funion poems. We got two render sure. poems. Uh, this one's got a little audience participation. I think you'll understand the the point, or you'll understand okay. where you're coming. There'll be a question, uh, okay. and I'll I'll leave it to you. Uh, we can take as long as you need. Okay. Okay. Here we okay. go. <clears throat> it's not the first question, by the way. It's it's okay. going to be later. What kind of a name is Todd? Again, I probably should have done more research. Uh, I mean, are there any famous Todds? Todd Howard, I yeah. guess. Oh. Uh, who else? Oh, uh, Todd Sullivan. Solons. Who's that? Solons. Who's that? Not the guy who directed uh, Happiness. Oh, okay. Uh, well, uh, Mary Todd Lincoln kind of counts. That's a very famous Todd. <laughs> who else? Any other famous um, Todds? Todd Flanders. Who's that? Uh, Rod Flanders' brother. That, that, the Simpsons. Okay, fair enough. Now, Gary, were there any superhero or villains named Todd? Uh, well, there's Todd McFarland, creator of oh, yeah. Fam- super anti-hero Spawn. Uh, yep, yep, famous Todd. Forgot about that guy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, are you the big head from Todd and Big Head Todd the Monsters? I bet that guy isn't even really named Todd. Get fucked, Todd. Get fucked. <laughs> Thank you. Very good. Oh, very good. We went a little avant-garde with this. I, I thought we'd take it to a new place. Trust I think we should take place. poetry to very dangerous new places. <laughs> in general. <laughs> it's audience participation poetry. Yeah. There's a coffee shop real close to my house, to our houses that uh, always seems on the verge of closing down that has poetry. Oh, really? Which one is that? Let's go to Cora. Oh, okay. Uh, Cora or Cora or whatever it's called. I've never been. 
it's a, it's okay. Uh, it's like they, I watch them convert their house for like three years into a shop. Yeah. And I always feel bad because there's anytime I go in there, there's like two people. Yeah. And they uh, have there's a desperation to their like band nights and specials that they uh, kind oh, of. Oh, is that the so one that's like on Seventeenth, just off Burnside? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've been meaning to stop by, but I never have. It's okay. Okay. Uh, home of the breakfast burrito that has kimchi on it. Interesting. Yeah, it's a it's a good touch. It needs a sauce though. Mm. Um, thanks everybody. You don't have to do anything if you listen to this. Just thanks for sticking around. Yeah. Uh, tell yourself you did a good job. You did. Um, oh, and if you uh, listen to this, then statistically you're probably somebody who likes the pitch. Uh, if you go to <laughs> if you go to duckfeed.tv slash duckbundle, you can hear a brand new episode of the pitch recorded live at Duckfest. I think it was pretty good. I haven't heard it though. Oh, I think yeah, I thought it was pretty good as well. Uh, I did. Yeah. I did hear someone after the show go. I forgot how good the pitch was. <laughs> it's very funny to me. Uh, excellent. But I, I've heard a lot of people very genuinely say, like, oh, that made me miss the pitch a lot. Yeah. Uh, nice thing about the pitch is it's a complete mythology and it never went anywhere. Yeah. So it's always available for re-listens. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and until next time, 2016, we vow to have a better sign-off. Da, 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 da.